Good morning and welcome to Becker's Dental and DSO Practices, Best Ideas for Business Growth and Management. We're so excited to have you join us for today's session, Dental Practice Marketing 101, How to Bring in New Patients and Keep Them. I'm Brian Zerman with Becker's Healthcare and I'll be your moderator for today's session. Now at this time, I'm gonna ask each of our, our panelists here to introduce themselves and talk a bit about their organizations. Rich, you wanna start us off? Yeah, so I'm uh, Rich Marlatt, I'm with Atlas Dental Group. We're a, uh, a small mid-sized DSO here in uh, Washington State. We're, uh, each of our practices are uh, independently branded. We're not a big brand name that you'll see across multiple practices. Each of them have their own unique brand and, uh, and name. Great, thanks for being here, Rich. Uh, Adam, how about you? You bet. Hi everyone, I'm Adam Arnett. I'm the uh, Chief Marketing Officer with Jefferson Dental and Orthodontics. We're a uh, DSO based here in Dallas, Texas. Uh, with uh, 70 locations uh, throughout Texas uh, and soon to uh, open uh, at the end of Q1, four more uh, locations in Oklahoma. Great, thank you for being here, Adam. And uh, James, why don't you round us off here? Sure, hi everyone, my name is James Nick and uh, I'm the Chief Revenue Officer at Dental Care Alliance, um, which essentially means that I oversee marketing uh, our analytics division and uh, insurance management. So those three areas um, uh, kind of fall under uh, my oversight. And uh, at Dental Care Alliance, we're a, a large DSO. Um, we've got practices in 20 states right now, um, well over 300 offices and uh, about 100 brands. So um, you know, we'll get into some of that, I'm sure, today. But, um, but uh, that's just a little bit about Dental Care Alliance. And actually, Given that it's January now, I can say we're celebrating our 30th year um, in uh, in business. So a nice milestone for Dental Care Alliance. Absolutely, I uh, appreciate you all, all three of you being here today. And just I'm going to dive right into our first question here. So I'm wondering to, if if to begin, each of you can talk about you, your organization's approach to marketing and how you're working to reach new patients. Just to set the stage here some more, uh, James, we we can circle back to you to kick things off with this question. Sure, sure. So um, uh, first of all, I'd say, you know, we are uh, a large DSO, as I mentioned, 300, over 300 offices and 100 brands. So a, a little um, uh, complicated, <laughs> um, I guess is one way to describe it. So, but in order to manage that, um, we, we start, you know, b before we even consider what tactics we're using, we start from the consumer or, or patient perspective and, you know, look at what is the what does the market look like, um, and what do different groups of consumers want. So once you do that, you can obviously start to target them a little bit better. <clears throat> we just don't believe you can be um, all things to all people. Um, it didn't, you know, as <laughs> an overall example, it didn't work out very well for Sears. So um, we're not going to do that here either. And um, you know, you think about that from a dental perspective. You know, what are the three major things people don't want uh, or, or don't or cite as reasons why they don't go to the dentist is cost, convenience, and, and fear uh, or anxiety. Um, and so what, you know, which one of those are, is your practice going after? What is the promise you're making to your patients when they, when they come in? So let's start there before we get into the tactics. And um, you know, as we, from our perspective, we've got a wide range of offices. We've got Pediatric practices that have 30 locations to um, 
a fee for service uh, GP practice that has one office and then, you know, specialty center. So we've kind of run the gamut of types of practices and um, to, in order to manage that, we try to categorize our brands um, and our offices and just believe that there's different sections of the market um, that are unique from others. Um, and, uh, you know, try to group them, the practices that share those characteristics. So, um, so that's one perspective. And then, you know, I, one thing I'd I, I probably mention here is I wouldn't lose track of insurance participation um, as, a, as a marketing concept. Um, you know, what plans you're taking is, is, a, is a marketing decision, or at least, you know, the discount you're, accept, you're, you're agreeing to, uh, to be a part of that network. You should you know, probably think about those as marketing dollars um, because you're using them to attract patients. Um, and uh, so uh, I wouldn't lose sight of that either. But I guess the bottom line is what are, what are we selling and who are we selling it to? Um, if you can't define that, you probably want to start there. Yeah. Uh, but before we get to Rich and Adam, I, I think just a couple of things struck me there. You know, I, I definitely think that during this event, we probably won't have anybody say we want to be the seers of DSOs. So <laughs> I think that's a, a safe bet there. Um, but also I'm struck when you said like the reasons why patients, people don't go to, to seek dental care, right? Uh, I'm wondering if you could talk a bit more just how, how, how you're pinpointing those concerns and addressing them. Yeah, this, I mean, the, the cost convenience fear is kind of the, 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 you know, off the cuff way that I always describe why people don't come in to, to a dental office. And, and that's based on mainly from research from the Health Policy Institute at the ADA. Um, they've done uh, quite a bit of research over the years on that. And um, number one is always perceived cost or perceived cost. You know, the, the interesting thing to me is um, many, most patients have insurance and um, a regular dental visit it didn't really cost them anything. So there has to be some, something underneath that um, as to why they may not come in in a given year uh, if their you know, preventive visit is, uh, is covered. So there's some kind of perceived cost or feeling of, of, uh, of uh, maybe they're gonna be uh, sold to in there. And then convenience is, has been a big one for us. We've focused on a lot um, just, just because you know, as you, as, as practices, uh, and, and other aspects, I guess I would say other aspects of, um, of, of daily life become easier, uh, a dental office and getting access to a dental office hasn't, you know, weekend hours is an obvious one or, or evening hours, uh, the ability to schedule yourself easily online, um, all those things. So convenience has been a, a bigger one, but, um, uh, and then, and then fear or anxiety is, is kind of the third one they generally list and, um, as reasons why, and, um, I, I, everyone probably knows somebody who, who fits in that category. Absolutely. Um, I, I appreciate that. Adam, does any of that resonate with you as well? Sort of trying to address these, these patient concerns and these ideas of convenience and anything else you can add to as to how you're, you're working to reach new patients. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, well, it completely resonates. And when you look at our brand, we're, we're a single brand, right? We've been around in Texas for over 50 years. And when you look at the history of our company, our, our brand began uh, initially uh, serving uh, communities that were underserved in the dental space. That's how we started. And, it's, and, and we still do that to this day, but we don't only do that. You know, we, we 
believed and the original belief behind our brand was look, nobody should go without great oral health care, regardless uh, of whether you know they're in, in an underserved community uh, or affluent community. And we serve all now, right? And so, but as you as you look at that and expand and grow and look to acquire patients, the key and you know James said this is you have to know who your patient is. When you have multiple locations, it's not the same, right? So we have 70 locations. We have, we've identified through looking at our data over time, you know, we have generally five different uh, patients, uh, you know, personas, if you will, uh, at each of our locations. And they're, but they're different at every single location, right? Because at the end of the day, each of your offices serves a five mile radius, right? And all those, the, the, the mix of those patients is different everywhere. And if you're not, if you don't understand those patients and you can't speak to their needs uh, specifically, um, then, then you're leaving a lot of opportunity on the table. And so, you know, it, it, at the end of the day, look, dental, dental is healthcare, right? That's obvious, but it's not always looked at as such from a marketing perspective. And, you know, those of us that are in it, right, we see the difference that we make in people's lives. And so when we take that approach at the core and then really understand our patient, um, that then allows us to build the right tactics, the right strategies uh, in order to, to, to build the business, to, to continue to acquire patients. So when you look at our approach overall, of course, it's 100% patient-centric, right? Uh, but built off of some of those things I was talking about, yes, we want to drive awareness of the brand and our value propositions, but at the end of the day, our goal is to provide the best comprehensive oral health care to these patients, provide them transparency, right? And that's not just in the treatment that they need, but also the pricing, right? Pricing is the biggest objection in dental, right? And then fear is right there with it. So, so again, James is, is dead on on that. And then we look at it as well as how can we then uh, help that patient to understand uh, uh, and, and believe and trust, right? And so a big part of that is not only how we, we train our teams to communicate with the patients, um, but then also supported by tech, technology, right? 3D scanners where you can actually show them what is going on in their mouth. So, you know, our, our doctors say, we want you to see what we see, right? And so, um, so that's the overall approach from a communication standpoint. Then we go to the tactics, which I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about shortly. No, definitely, definitely. I appreciate that, Adam. I think that the patient centricity part is, is huge, right? And Rich, I want to throw it to you to, to build on uh, your colleagues' comments here. In, I'm wondering if you can you can share perhaps what some marketing practices have yielded uh, great results for you there in Olympia. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I couldn't agree more with what Adam just said about you got to know who your patient is. If you don't know who the patient is, your ideal patient that you that your practice best serves, um, you, you got to start from that point, right? And uh, we spend a lot of time focusing on that and then focusing our marketing towards those individuals and trying to build brand awareness for us to target specifically those individuals. Um, and one of the key tools we use on that for the building brand awareness part of it is really the social media part of it. Um, over the years, we've, we've put a big focus on social media and using that as a tool to, 
to demonstrate who our brand is and how we can help that patient overcome their different fears, um, their different objections that they have with it. And even more importantly, um, something that we've really put a lot of focus on is really demonstrating who, who we are, who our culture is. One of the challenges um, years in the past was, you know, how do we demonstrate and, and set our, our staff apart and demonstrate who our staff is to those patients before they come in and meet us, right? So um, having that opportunity using video and, and photography, we can really do that and have that conversation with the patients when they're, when they're going and looking for, you know, what practice meets the best, has the best meet with them. So, you know, some patients have uh, resonate better with different types of providers. And, uh, and that's one of the things that we really want to do is, is demonstrate that to them that, you know, Hey, we're here for you. We're not just a scary doctor and a dentist. We're actually a person. We have a family. Um, and we're here. We, you know, we want to support you guys. And so we use, we really leverage social media, YouTube, um, ads and, and YouTube videos, um, to, to accomplish that. No, I think that's, those are important points. And I think it brings me to where I want to take the conversation next is really focus on the social media aspect, right? It's sort of essential for doing any type of business in the modern world, really. Um, but I'm wondering if you can talk about a bit more about your social media strategy and sort of maybe perhaps what advice you would give uh, to, to a practice that has perhaps like a limited social media footprint at the, at the, at the moment. Yeah. So, um, I mean, our, our strategy really is to be present where the patients are. Um, so we're, it's not just posting a lot of posts. Um, a lot of times I see small practices do, um, all they're, they're focused on is posting stuff about dentistry. Um, we really try to focus on the community and our posts to be um, connected with the community, not just about dentistry. Um, in our practices, we, we use kind of a three to one rule when we're talking to them. Um, we, we ask them to do at least three posts that are non-dental related before they, they even think about dentistry. Because dentistry isn't exactly that fun, but we really, again, want to tie them to that community and, uh, and be engaged in the community part of it. So we, we focus a lot on you know, the local sports teams for the high school teams uh, and school districts and, and places where we know that our demographic is. Uh, they're not looking to us and they're, we're not we're not someone that's fun to follow, but we know that we can be involved in the, the conversations that they're in and the places where they are. And that's really what we've done for that. And I would say for anyone getting into social media, it's, it's being that it's just starting out. A lot of people have this hesitation to start out and they just say, well, I don't know where to start. And so we're just not going to. So the trick is just start, right? Start posting and start getting engaged in your community. Um, the other, I guess I, the other thing I would say with that is, is also, look at using photography in your practice, right? Get, get an iPhone in each practice to take photos of what's going on in your practice. Don't use the stack photos. Don't stay away from memes. Uh, just really try to show who your practice is and be part of that community. Great, I, some, some important points there, really really meeting the patient where they are, I think has been a general theme that's come up here. A Adam, James, I wanna get your takes on this too. You, Adam, we can start with you. What, what are you working on uh, social media wise? What's your approach? Yep, absolutely. So social media is uh, a significant channel for us. Um, uh, organic and paid, right? And so what Rich is saying is correct. Like, yes, you know, meet your patients where they are, right? Across all platforms. So, and, you know, and then how can you drive an omni-channel approach from that? But specifically to, to social media, um, 
organic sure you, you know you do you want to talk about just dental no the you know there's you're, you're not going to gain a huge following there but at the end of the day people don't follow dentists generally you know for entertainment right so uh it's you know so it's how can we be of value right so uh, under again understanding your patient and then uh from an organic approach how can we provide them valuable educational information um, and then you can obviously utilize that across all channels and platforms. Uh, and, and then uh, on the paid side, though, for us, uh, that's the, you know, it's our second largest channel, uh, digital channel to uh, second only to uh, search, of course. And so uh, uh, it, 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 the results that we derive from uh, paid social are massive. And um, and look, a lot of that is what I talked about earlier. How how is how are we achieving you know message to market match right? How are we providing the right message to the right audience at the right time? Uh, and then you know going from top of funnel brand awareness uh, to much more granular segmentation and building out audiences specific to our service lines, hygiene, orthodontics, Invisalign, etc. And so. Um, uh, and then how can we layer on something to engage the audience more? Uh, Rich mentioned sports, local sports teams. We're the official dentist of the Dallas Mavericks, right? So we have that partnership. And so we're able to take that and leverage that uh, significantly across all of our channels. Uh, part of that partnership um, uh, allows us to co-brand, right? So we're able to then leverage the Dallas Mavericks logos, everything. Uh, uh, that comes along with that uh, into our digital, also, also all the way into our offices, right? From a branding perspective, um, but but social media allows us to leverage that significantly. Um, so you know, look, it's it's a combination of of the organic and paid. Paid's the biggest driver. I think I think this might be an oversimplification, but it sounds like you have like the the broad strategy, right? Being a part of the community, being a part of the Dallas Mavericks, and then. Um, matching message to market as well. So the, the more direct approach doing both things at once. Um, J James, you want you want to build on those comments and, and share a bit about what you're doing with social? Sure. <clears throat> I think what both Rich and Ab said were, were, were good and, and uh, spot on. I, I would um, frame it up this way. I, I think, um, you know, broad, more broad than social, you know, digital marketing is is going to be you know the bulk of our of our investment um and on the digital side there's you've got web base and social and within web you've got you know organic and paid so you've got seo and, and uh, ppc through uh through search um those are uh, our primary um tactics on the social side you have both organic and paid as well um as as everyone's been mentioning and um, both are important. Um, there's not a lot of offices that are going to generate um, new patient volume strictly doing organic social media posts. Um, there's just not enough people that are going to see them. Um, so, uh, uh, so, so you have to do both. But I think you know local um, involvement is um, is is key to social media. And that's that's a that's a pretty big difference. And so we can't we got like I said over 300 offices. We can't manage all that centrally, um, or or you'd be getting 
um, stock photos and memes, as, uh, as I think Rich said. So, you know, we really try to engage the practice um, with, you know, with one of their iPhones. And um, there's some of our practices are just phenomenal at this. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, for example, we have an, uh, an ortho group that um, has, you know, D-bond days where they, where they uh, uh, w- walk people down like a red carpet and take their picture and they record all that on social media. And it just goes over really well and, and shows how they're sort of building confidence and changing people's lives and being a part of the, the community in that aspect. And then, um, and then obviously, but, but that's not, you can't just do that. You have to also um, supplement that with paid. Um, so uh, I, I guess that's probably where I'd leave it. Um, but you got to have a digital presence. Um, we, we, I feel like all, both of those, you know, categories, web and social and the subcategories of paid and organic are important. So all four of those are important. Um, and um, I think it was Rich that said this, but you've got, um, you know, videos and photos that show patients to practice before they're there. Um, and, you know, we've got, we've got online scheduling in, in most of our practices now, almost all of them, thousands of patients scheduling uh, new patients scheduling every, uh, you know, every month, thousands and thousands of patients scheduling online. They've probably never talked to anybody in our practice. They've never made a call. They've never, they, they have used our website or social media to get to know our practice and our doctors and then schedule themselves online. Um, if you don't have it, uh, is that digital, I've heard it called the digital front door. If you don't have that, um, it's going to make it a lot more difficult. Yeah, and, and then thinking about the digital front door as well, um, especially in like the context of the pandemic, right? Um, I, I think, you know, we've got maybe about 10 minutes here left. I, th- I think I do want to, you know, transition here and, and ask a COVID question really, which is, you know, how has the pandemic a- affected your marketing strategy? It, it, does it make that digital front door even more important in a sense, getting that engagement out there? Um, James, we can start with you on this one. Well, yeah. So, um, thinking back through the last year, um, I mean, the pandemic greatly altered the everything, uh, as everybody knows, including marketing. Um, and um, I'd say I, I haven't been more, you know, sort of, I haven't been more proud to be a, a, associated with dental marketing um, than I have during the pandemic. And, and I'll get get to the reason why on that, but. Um, yeah, at first we sort of just, you know, cut everything, cut back drastically, um, just as, you know, what was going on, going on. We, we sort of re-engaged pretty quickly. Um, offices were still, you know, majorly shut down. We started, um, doing, uh, search, uh, ads, uh, PPC through Google. And, um, you know, the reason for that was, um, we were very targeted at people that had emergencies. That's really all we could see at the time. Um, and we felt like it was our duty to, um, uh, you know, uh, get, get knowledge that we were out there and, and could see uh, emergencies. So those people weren't going to the emergency rooms. And we talked a lot, you know, I think a lot of people have talked about that over the last several months, but um, it, it, that, you know, had great benefit. You know, it's like, we're not just benevolent here in the fact that it was just a consumer benefit, obviously a benefit to us as well, because it, it, the, the cost per conversion that we saw through that, given how targeted it was and how limited the competition was at the time, um, was something that, you know, we was better than we even expected. So um, that has shifted us more and more towards PPC <laughs> as if we weren't there already, but um, 
uh, but you know, we've learned a lot from that and, um, and, and uh, try to apply that uh, also um, still to, you know, going forward. Definitely. Thanks for sharing that, James. Really appreciate it. Uh, I think that, that that alignment of like when the, the right thing to do also benefits you, you know, I mean, it, it, it's, a, it's a sweet spot to be in. Um, Rich, I want to turn to you next. I, I know COVID came to Washington pretty early, so I, I'm, I'm curious yeah. what your experience is. Yeah, I did. Uh, and it, it hit us in a couple different ways, but uh, James is right on with that. I mean, we had the same similar opportunity. Like when COVID hit, first of all, our state just completely shut down. And then we came out with some, some guidelines from them saying that, yeah, we could see emergency patients. And our group saw that as an opportunity where we could serve the, serve the community. In fact, we even had other practices, a majority of our competition and other practices in the community. Um, and our colleagues shut down and just said, hey, we're not, we're not opening at all. And so we reached out to our providers and said, hey, what do we want to do? We made a plan and we started reaching out and, and started providing those services, those emergency dental services. Because, I mean, even with the pandemic there, there still are those dental emergencies and there are still people we need to serve and help out. And so um, similarly, we, we focus a lot on the targeted marketing and, uh, and started targeting those emergency patients. Uh, the other part of it that, that COVID changed and, and affected for us is, you know, we had some of the practices got affected differently than others. We have one practice that, I mean, it's in downtown Seattle, as you can imagine, right? So there's Amazon completely surrounding them. So they are like, I mean, I, a huge percentage of the practice is, is Amazon employees. And it's super convenient for those employees to credit across the street. Um, I think three sides of the building is Amazon. And so as you can imagine, when COVID hit, all those people went home, right? They were working from home. They weren't coming in. And it was like, oh, no, we need to pivot. You know, what are, how are we going to pivot with this practice and how are we going to stay relevant? So, you know, in that practice specifically, we had to change, you know, our focus and, uh, and focus on the community, you know, the residents, the residential areas in the Seattle area that we hadn't for that specific practice previously been focusing on. Um, so we had some, some different, and that was just one of them, but we had some different ways that we had to pivot the way that we were targeting and leveraging some of those tools that they give us um, with that. So uh, and then I would say the, the other piece that we did um, and we found to be really effective is really um, changing the message that we're using from, you know, yeah, it's a safe place to come. You know, here's the steps that we're taking. Uh, you know, and going to the dentist is still relevant and important. Absolutely, absolutely. A Adam, you want to round us off here? Uh, talk, talk a bit about your experience and, you know, how, how the pandemic altered marketing for you. You bet. Yeah, interesting year for all. And uh, uh, what Rich and James are saying is is right on. And look, you know, we all had to pivot quickly. I think the, one of the worst things uh, that happened uh, was that this blanket approach of you know shutting down dental practices, you know, was encompassed within you know all of these other businesses. Right? It was kind of ignored as being a critical part of healthcare. So just like the others here, as soon as we could see emergency patients, uh, we were extremely busy, right, in all of our locations. Now, we, we pivoted operationally. We knew we had to, look, we're already, you know, healthcare providers, right? So we're already, all of our dentists are trained to expect that anybody ever walking in the door may have some contagious virus, right? So for the most part, we were already 
meeting all, uh, you know, we were meeting all CDC guidelines at the time. Now, specific to COVID, obviously, that we, we modified that with PPE and everything else. But um, our, our dentists were not afraid to see patients. Our staff, they were not afraid to see patients. Um, and so uh, pivoting the messaging to, yes, you know, here are the 10 things that we're doing to keep you safe uh, was important, right? And that, uh, that actually was not only in our offices, in organic, that was also in our paid ads uh, and actually quickly became our highest volume lead conversion ads was videos on the 10 things we're, we're doing to keep you safe, right? Um, but second to that was we're open right we're here to see you because people uh wanted to get in to have their needs taken care of i mean if you look at during the the, the pandemic cancer screenings are down 80 percent right because they they've you know people have been scared from media and, and of course rightfully so but uh, they also need to know that hey there there are still other healthcare needs that that have to be taken care of dental being a critical one and so um, so our transition during that time, and still is, is here are all the things we're doing to keep you safe. We're doing digital check-in. You can wait in your car, um, but we're open, right? And, uh, and, and honestly, a lot of our competitors are still closed. If you drive around, a lot of our competitors are still closed or they have signs on their door. And I'm talking DSOs as well as private practices. There are DSOs in our community that have signs on their door that say, we will keep our doors locked all day during business hours and we'll call you in your car when we're ready to see you, which I think is, is sending a terrible message, right? And, and, and we still are, are taking all of the precautions, I, I would say probably better than most. Um, but the key is communicating to the patients, we're still here, we can take care of you and we can do it safely. Yeah, absolutely. That that safety communication point is just so important for across healthcare, right? It's it, it, get, you got to get that message out there. Um, we we are coming up on time, so I'm going to transition now to ask each of you to share one or two quick takeaways uh, with our audience today. Adam, we can start with you. Sure. Uh, well, look, there there could be a lot, but I, I think you know, looking at marketing for dental specifically, whether you know, during a pandemic or not, it, it, there, there are two things that I would say, look, how can you um, uh, work with your organization, not just as a siloed marketing group, right? But truly as part of the, the team that delivers the ultimate product to the patient, right? Because it's, you, you, you can have great marketing, right? But if your product if you can't deliver the product that you're communicating in, in your marketing, right, then your marketing ultimately looks like the failure when it may not be, right? Um, so partnering with the right groups, uh, uh, truly partnering with the right groups within your organization on the operation side, uh, and specifically, furthermore, the CFO and the CEO uh, to, to get that alignment. Um, my marketing team spends as much time in the field as they do working with all of our agencies, uh, social media, building out all the content and everything else. Um, and our teams in the field at all of our 70 locations uh, know that they're a critical part of the team and understanding how we deliver uh, on patient experience, right? And how everything we do supports that. So 
that that's kind of the big picture. And then the, the other one is play offense, right? Somebody asked me yesterday, Hey, what are the best marketing channels for, for dental marketing? I said, all of them, right now it goes back to what, uh, James said in the beginning, you have to know your audience. Uh, you have to know how to target them and know what they respond to. Right. And then figure out ultimately your marketing mix. You can only do that by playing offense, um, understanding obviously your fundamental foundational channels and then testing into new ones to see how you can continue to acquire incremental patients. Great stuff. Great stuff. Appreciate you being here, Adam. James, let's go with you next. Sure. I think I just, it would be to just add on to what Adam said. That was good. I, I uh, <laughs> you know, the first thing is, I think this is a, a bit of a summary of what Adam said is that a, a, a good product, the best marketing there is. Um, and uh, you don't need to make your job harder as a marketer than it needs to be. So um, I, I, I think that's, that's a, that's a big one patient experience and, and the way, uh, a patient interacts with your office, whether it's it's in the actual office or even the you know outside via, via digital or or uh, or call. Um, so so that's a big one. And then the other one I'd say is, and we touched on this a lot in the call, but um, what are you selling and who are you selling it to? Start there. So those would be the two big ones for me. Thank you, James. Appreciate you being here too. And Rich, we're gonna throw it to you. Final word. Sure. Yeah. So I, I mean, echoing exactly what they said, but um, I knowing who your patients are or who your ideal patient is, right. Who you best serve and, and being there and being present, whether it's the paid and organic, you know, making sure that your ads are, are serving them correctly and you're, and you're being present there in the conversation where they're at, I think is what I'd go with. Thank you, Rich. Thank you, all of you. It, it, it's been a great conversation. Really appreciate your time and your thoughtfulness today.